We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, back before a very, very eventful week. If you guys are listening to this, we are preparing for not only SummerSlam here in Vegas, but preparing for Manny Pacquiao versus Ugas at the end of the week. It was supposed to be Spence, but things happen. We'll talk and get into all of that. But still, Manny Pacquiao? Come on. What if this is the last time we see Manny Pacquiao? So we have to treat it as such. It's going to be a crazy week out here. His fans always show up and show out. Also, we have the UFC coming back. They'll be at the Performance Center, or not the Performance Center, uh, at their venue out here in Vegas. So they'll be in town as well. We'll have UFC fights. We'll go over that entire card today. But first, I just woke up from a nap. Uh, I'm feeling kind of good. Took a shower and I needed this nap because Dre, the champagne got me. That, that, you didn't hardly had any. What's wrong with you? I hardly had it. I had what? You had two bottles. You ain't drink two bottles by yourself. Most of it I did. A good amount. But your cup was bigger <laughs> than everyone. Uh, no, nah, man, it doesn't matter how much champagne there is. Like even when I had three of those little flights, maybe four. And champagne just hits different, especially day drinking champagne. I didn't have any mixers with it. Like you were doing the full mimosa experience today at brunch. And I can't do it. The champagne ain't for me. Not during the day. Like I drink champagne at night, pass out. During the day champagne, it it, it doesn't work with me. I'm realizing this. Uh, you're a wimp. I'm this still drinking I- a hard liquor at brunch. That's no brunch is made from mimosas It's you know, okay. There's two trains of thought here. One. Yeah. I mean, anything makes you sleepy, right? You drink in the middle of the day, you're tired, but anytime you go to a brunch, it's cheap champagne. So it's not like you're having a, the best champagne in the world. So I can't, you know, can't really expect it to be, uh, to, for you to be wide awake and not go to sleep. But you're, t- uh, you're talking to a guy who's probably, I've maybe twice in my life drank a bottle of champagne that's worth more than $15. Yeah. 
All right. So there we have it. Um, <laughs> Twice. At once yeah. I was at a club, stupid drunk. I knew the DJ. It was his birthday. And they brought out the Magnum bottle of champagne, um, which was horrendous. Like if anyone's ever had one of those Magnum bottles or whatever it is, Crystal, whatever it is, it never, it's never good. Like it has to be sitting in the back and just boiling in the back of some room. It, it was disgusting. And then that same night I had Rosé, which was all right. Like it was a $400 bottle in the club. I don't know how much that translates to real people money. So it was probably what, like $40 at total wine, but it, that was more than 15 bucks. So that's, yeah, man, I, I haven't, nah, I'm a, I'm a brute guy. Get out of here. That's disgusting. I just put in mimosas. I don't care. That's, that's gross. That's gross. But that, I mean, look, if you're going to drink, just drink hard liquor in the middle of the day, that's on you. Me, I'm a pro at this. Me and my wife, every Sunday, crack a bottle of champagne open. And uh, we're good. You, you're just a rookie to this. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. So I had to nap. I took a good two-hour nap because of that. But one thing I didn't forget, we were at brunch. It was a great day, good food. I picked out a good place. It was me, Dre, um, reverse Rat Pack members, Marcus Vandenberg, Ryan McKendall. We're all chilling at brunch. Having a good time, eating the food. It's like unlimited tapas. Delicious. We're bouncing. You guys sneaker shamed me. Yes. I wasn't going to let that slide off the pot. Listen, we talked mm-hmm. about this before. Y'all I don't should know, know do this. I'm stepping out with my same three pair of sneakers. And they made me take a, for everyone, listen, made me take a sneaker circle picture. Yes. With everybody, everybody had Jordans on. And they made fun of my Adidas. That was right. Which... There's nothing wrong with a good pair of Ultra Boosts. Keep my feet nice and comfy. I've just had them for five years. They're like Ultra Boost version two. You're going to get bullied. This Look, you made this bed. You're going to lie in it. So you're the one who made this whole thing about, I only got three pairs of sneakers. So yes, when grown folks go out with multiple, you know, fresh kicks, you're going to get shamed. It's just what it is. No, see, you, you especially... Yes, me especially. You, you have all of these sneakers and don't go nowhere. To me, that's worse. I just left the house. You saw me. Ba- barely. barely. <laughs> yes, barely. And guess what? I'll be out this week. It's fight week. I have a different pair of kicks on every day. And you had a brand new jersey. Like, we just watched Field of Dreams, Yankees-White Sox game before the last show. It was like last mm-hmm. Thursday. And you have the jersey from that game already. Well, I, I had it the day of the game. I should have wore it. <laughs> so you see, we didn't even get into that story. How we had a meeting with we well, we we kicked it with our the our blue wire folks, and we were together to see Tim Anderson walk the shit off against your Yankees on the field of dreams. And one of the most, if anybody saw, I wrote a big old piece on it. One of the most impressive displays of blackness that I've ever seen in baseball was so, so incredible. But you, you happened to be right next to me watching it. And yeah, I didn't wear my jersey that day because I was like, I don't want to be too much of a homer. I'm a super White Sox fan. Maybe I shouldn't wear this jersey to go hang out. No, I should have wore that shit. But now, a few days pass, Tim Anderson hits that walk-off home run. You're goddamn right I'm wearing this jersey because you're going to be there. The game broke my heart. And then you put me in the article. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I don't know to be flattered or to be hurt even more. It was one, one hell of a dynamic. I was like, man, this is a well-written piece. 
but he's he's actively making me relive what we were what we were going through in that moment. Oh, that damn game broke my heart. But yeah, even that day, different pair of kick. I'm like, yo, listen, for what? When I got one pair, black, black Adidas, Ultra Boost, black matches with everything. So I just rock those every time. They're comfy, chilling. I feel like it's not like it's New Balance. I rock in the dad shoes. New Balances are dope. You found the right ones, cut it out. Come on. I'm not rocking the Steph Curry's. Listen, the Air Obamas, like you all. You can't talk about, just take it. Listen, you're an adult. You should have more pair of kicks and you don't. And we're going to shame you for it all the time. No one needs that many sneakers. I'm like, one, you unless you're a sneaker. Look, look, you don't need to have as many sneakers as I do. That's, that's no, fair. You got a problem. <laughs> but you could have more than three, okay? I think all of our listeners will agree that you can. How many pairs of shoes do your wife have? Oh, man, I can't see into the closet. Um, I'm going to say she has 40 pairs of heels, maybe on the short end of that. 40 pairs of heels and another 40 sandals, maybe? 30 sandals? I don't know. I just bought her two new pair of sandals the other day. So what? Like is, two so days ago. What, what is it for you to have 10 pair of kicks? At least. 10 pair of kicks is a lot. Because what? I got to match yo, color coordinates and everything? Said. Yes, there should be kicks for every occasion. Your kicks should always be clean. Black doesn't match with everything. Black does match. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, no. You should always, 10, 10 is a good number. You should always have a pair of crisp whites. You should have something, I mean, the basic colors. But Red, I mean, blue. Yeah, but 10 is not, I mean, dude, if your wife has 80, yeah. you should have, you should have at least an eighth, eighth of that. One, I feel like when we go out, like as a couple, her shoe statement makes a statement for both of us. No, so I could be wearing for her. Not I you. could be wearing whatever, and if she's on my arm wearing like some fire heels, then people just know, like, oh shit, like okay, I'm like they good. And if I'm out by myself, who am I impressing? I ain't impressing nobody. Oh, my outfit is ironed. I had a nice CM Punk T-shirt on today. Why does your wife wear nice shoes? Why does she wear nice shoes? That's a good question. Because I want her to wear nice shoes. No, no, like no, she no. wore nice shoes before me, obviously. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. I have bought a majority of her shoes for the past five years because I like when she wears nice shoes. So why wouldn't you want to wear with nice shoes? I'm going to fuck what I wear. Now, if she cared, like, on, if she was like, yo, we can't step out because your feet game ain't right. Like, if she cared... About my kicks, I would probably buy more kicks. I mean, that's fair. I, I don't expect her to be like, you need to care. That's, some women, I feel like some women do that shit. Like some women be like, nah, like. They do. Your, your sneaker yeah. game, like they'll look down. I hear this all the time, but Twitter should be yes. fake. But they'd be like, yo, I look down first and then look up. Like then what are you talking about? It's, it's just how you care. Like for a lot of people, it's like dirty fingernails, right? Like if you don't take care of your fingernails, that's how certain people think. Like, what do you do? Take care of yourself. Like taking a shower. Like if you got fresh kicks, depending on who you are, because here's the thing. It's one thing to have dope kicks and you can afford it. But if you're broke as fucking to have dope kicks, there's a problem. I've always been, for me, as much as I love sneakers, if I couldn't afford it, I wouldn't have it. You, sir, can't afford it. I also have a problem 
don't ask because there's a lot of people that do this and it's not a huge problem but it still irks me like there's people that go out and buy like their kids not kids like their babies like tons of jordans and oh like, my god and they grow out, out of those in like two weeks it's, it's over in like two weeks i bought my daughter like three pair of jordans and she's worn a grand total of three times as soon as the next time i try to put her in them damn things her feet grow out of them so i see people like yo i got my kid like 12 pairs of jordans i'm like why because yeah. I know you ain't making that that much money. If you are, that's different. But when it comes back to you, people, I mean, tr- you should care how you dress overall. Just not just being having iron clothes. You are entering a different tax bracket in life. You should dress accordingly on occasion. Not all the time. You see me, I still wear t-shirts. I yeah, wear, t-shirts. Well, wear hard bottoms out. No, nah, but, but there are times that you're gonna have to. I don't even own a pair of dress shoes. You got to get that one together, bro. You Sir, have to. I don't. I, I do want a suit, but I don't own um, a pair of dress shoes. I got a blazer. You I mean, I got to. nice dress shirts and shit. But. Listen, if somebody calls you tomorrow and says, Kel, over at ESPN, we'd love for you to interview for this new show that we're having. And you need to put on a suit and some shoes tonight. You got to always be ready. You got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Get yourself yeah. a goddamn pair Throwing, of throwing on the, the nice jeans. The crispy no, jeans. They will send the, you as home. The, t- the button up, the blazer. Nope, nope. They will send you as you my need. same pair of sneakers that I wear <laughs> and be under no, the desk. No, I'm just kidding. You, just have, kidding. you have to, you, I'm just saying, you have to have at least one suit. At least, but you always have to have it on deck. You have to have a suit. Can't wear my suit, suit with Tim's. Now you just this, doesn't, this doesn't work. Oh. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm going through all the sneakers. Like I got three pair of sneakers and a pair of boots. That's why. This is why you got to get it together. You need to just up your game because you are going to be more visible. That's about. This is about to be your life. Listen, man. If the if our listeners knew what we were working with right now, we're going to be seen more. We are. In a hot second, big things moving. Like, and if you're going to be seen more, you got to dress the part. That's just part of the game. You have to dress the part. I ain't saying go out and get like as I don't do it. Me and my wife, yeah, we can afford things, but we don't Balenciaga, Louis Vuitton. We ain't, we don't do all that. Nah, yeah, yeah. this. But there's always a way. Like, listen, I know a always- on Facebook, real on Facebook, who dresses her. He was a baby and a toddler. He is now like six years old. Dresses him in designer clothes, Balenciaga, Louboutins with the studs. And she has a high school or middle school age kid who dresses him. They match. They have Gucci book bags that they go to school with. Got a fucking go-yard trunk for a toddler. I'm flabbergasted when I see that shit. Yeah, to me, that's dumb. To me, I mean, that's just that's me again, personally. But if if you can afford it, there's things, that you, the luxuries that you want, like a nice car or nice clothes. That's cool. I'm never going to be the one to say you all your clothes need to be Louis. And I don't, I'm not that that dude. I'm saying if you got a little bit of cash, you should broaden your closet and it should look dope. And I'm not I'm not the type of dude that's all about seasons or all that shit like. I buy multiple pairs. Yeah, people buy clothes, seasonal clothes. Like I will wear some shit from last season. I don't give a fuck. Dog, when I worked at BT New York, yo, they they would be like, yo, what season is that? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because I don't care. But that's some places where you are. But I'm saying, just expand the closet. Give yourself more options, especially when you're going to be seen more often. I will expand by three more sneakers. So that would bring me a total of six. Maybe I got to retire these. 
So maybe I have a total of five. I need no, I mean immediately, immediately. I'm not talking about like in life in general. Because we're we're making moves. Um, no, I'll let explain by like three. Because there's still other shit. Like I, uh, I don't know. I I make sure the other people in my life also are very taken care of. Maybe overly taken care of at times. So like, there's a lot of hair payments I got to make. I made one today. My daughter picked out the. My daughter wanted these really fucking crazy braids. We went those specific type of hair that we had to get from a specific place by the Meadows Mall on the West Side. Shout out. Um, and she got her hair done like on D street, which is crazy. I haven't been over there in forever. So we went, got, went to Meadows mall, got the hair, boom, went over. I dropped it off a day early. Cause there's like a soaking process. My daughter went, we we're on our way to get her hair done. The people couldn't soak it. And it was the wrong type of hair. So on the drive there, I had to buy a whole new batch of hair and then drop it off with her. And I was like, yo, this is, that's, that's why like not nah, everybody else. And I was like, yo, you got it. Don't worry about it. Um, I'll take the other hair back for like store credit, but uh, you know, there's, you'll see like again right now. And it doesn't matter how much like income you have or disposable income you have, you'll see. Cause right now it's still you and your wife. Cause you have a, not a toddler, but your daughter is super young. Once shit gets real, once it gets middle school to high school age, and I stepdaughter 18, daughter 16, other daughter 14, the boys are easy. Fuck it, the boys don't care. But those three, oh yeah, shit got real. So I was like, yo, I'm just cool. I don't, I don't care. So I walk out in a wrestling t-shirt. I haven't bought clothes, clothes, an item of clothing in maybe two years. Granted, we had the Rona, but it was right before the Rona hit. I bought dress clothes because I was like, cool, I'm at ESPN. I'm going to go to fights. I should probably dress up. So that was it. I haven't bought an item of clothes, clothing. I bought a shirt today, but it's an ESPN merch shirt. Like that's, it was like 50 bucks. But outside, I don't, I haven't bought clothes for myself, but I shop every, between Amazon, fucking Sheen, um, what is it? Fashion Nova and the mall. Oh, I shop every week. It's just none of it's for me. Treat yourself, man. You're a good man. I'm not going to say you're a bad <laughs> man because you make sure your family's taken care of, right? But treat yourself. You have to. And, yeah, I'll start with this. And, and, and sneakers cost too much, too. I'm also frugal by nature, no matter how much money I have. And I don't know why. Um, every now and then, my wife just got meant like, yo, you're not like dead broke. But I'm still stupid frugal. Every dollar... That is fair. I'm like, yo, what is this for? What is that? And we got it to be like, yo, did you do this? Did you spend this? Are you okay? I'm sure she just wants to fucking chop me in the throat sometimes. Because she's like, yo, we got it. Like, leave me alone. But I don't know why. I'm like stupid about like check my bank account like 20 times a day. Um, like I'm I don't know. I'm ridiculous about it. Maybe I'm just batshit crazy with, but yeah, I'm stupid frugal. That's why I don't spend on myself, I guess. But you spend you spend money. It's not like you're not spending money at all. You spend yeah. money on everybody but you, which is, again, it's a good trait to have that you take care of your family. But take care of yourself, especially when you're going to be visible and people see you. And you need this shit for work. Yeah, you can't I feel just like... wear ESPN merch everywhere you go. You just can't. No, I feel like uh, once we could break what we're working on here on the show and uh, we start making moves 
towards the future. I feel like we're going to have that one scene in Crazy Stupid Love where <laughs> like Steve Carell walks up and then he's just wearing like the real slumpy clothes. He just gets slapped in the face. <laughs> you throw my sneakers, my old ass sneakers over the balcony and redo the entire wardrobe. Yeah. So I feel like that's, that's happening. And I'm sure you would begin with buying me a coat. You'd be like, yo, you got to buy a fucking coat. It's Vegas though. We don't need a coat. I got a hoodie. <laughs> it's, 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 it's all bad. But all of that, we were supposed to start the show off with hip hop, but I was like, yo, I can't, I can't figure out like too much hip hop for this show. Um, and I was like, we can save it for later in the week with our really big show around Ooh, wrestling. I, I got a, I got a hip hop question for you. you ready? Oh, yeah. Did, did Kanye's album come out? <laughs> oh. <laughs> August 15th. What was the pushback date? The 13th? That shit ain't never coming out. And some of y'all listen to the show love Kanye. Leave Kanye alone. Oh. He he got y'all. That he shit may never come out, yo. Now they're saying he's pushing it back to make sure that oh he wants to release the same date as Drake. That's he a wants bad to show idea. Drake. Oh, he wants to prove that he has the number one album over Drake and blah blah. That, like, what? It's funny because I don't think that's true. I don't think it's true. But if it were was true, it would be just as bad when 50 and Kanye released the same day. Drake would do Kanye like Kanye did 50. Oh, that's horrible. He he'd walk, and even though you can't really like gauge sales like that with streams, but you can no. gauge streams and he can walk off on them on streams. I mean, he's gonna he'd walk off on them anyway. But if if that were true, that would be bad for Kanye. But yeah, the shit ain't out. So you know, that was my hip hop question. <laughs> that shit may not be out. Listen, we have this weekend, which is SummerSlam and Pacquiao fight. Then we have a big weekend with the Jake Paul fight, and then it's Labor Day. I'm not convinced that'll be out in time for like the Labor Day parties. Yo, somebody, somebody, I think at Complex, or some, no, not, I'm sorry, not Complex. Complex posted this. Somebody on social media did the math on how many days total Kanye has been late with his albums, and it was 446 days. Wow. That but didn't just... did we get Good Friday out of one of them, though? Like, he kept pushing it back, but at least he released a new a song. song every week, right? Like, yeah, that, but... that got cut off and hit the cutting room floor? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's Good Friday. That's, that's one song. That's pretty easy to do. This man just can't put out an album out on time. He's, I don't know. I just, just there were a lot of people was like, you wait, wait, you'll see Kanye's album's going to drop. Okay. I'm still waiting. I just need it to drop. Like, I, I don't want another listening session. I didn't even watch the first two and I'm tired of that shit. Well, but I feel like he'll flee somebody and get another stadium deal to do another all white party listening session. $50 chicken nuggets. So, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. My hip hop hip hop question was, since we're talking about clothes, getting styled, all of that, who is on your Mount Rushmore of flashy rappers in terms of not how they dress or how they look, but talking, talking that talk, talking that cash talk on the record? Oh, we'll see. That's like big, um, obviously. Uh, Damn. When you said flashy, the first person I thought it was Slick Rick. The ruler. Ooh, the ruler. He's also flashy as a persona, though. Everything about Slick Rick was flashy. Like, Slick Rick does not get the credit he deserves. Slick Rick, somebody, uh, MVP, 
WWE Superstar MVP, posted the other day, like a week ago on Instagram, like, what is the first song that made you fall in love with hip hop? And when you when people ask this question, you hear like, you know, Rappers Delight or It Ain't Hard to Tell or some shit like that. And I think MVP was actually surprised by what I said. The first song that made me truly fall in love with hip hop is uh, Adult Story, Indian Girl from Slick Rick's album. Wow, not even children's story. No, it was adult story. The reason why is because my young ass was listening to this and I was blown away that you could say the shit that he was saying on that song. (laughs) I just couldn't believe it. Like, he opened the vagina and saw crabs with spears and Indian drums saying, hey, uh, hey." I was like, who? As a kid, I was like, first of all, what is a vagina? Second of all, (laughs) why are there crabs and spears doing Indian? Like, what is this? And like that song just just blew my mind that somebody could rap about those things. Like, even though LL as a kid, when I first heard LL, I was like, wow, this is this is great. Or Run DMC. It was Slick Rick's adult story. Off of that great events of the slick Rick, where I was like, holy shit. And that was it for me. Damn, like falling in love with that's such a loaded question. Yeah. The first song made me fall in love with hip hop. Like, that's that's so weird. Cause I was so young. Like, I don't I don't know when I fell in love with hip hop. Like, I was a fan after Crisscross came out. Like crisscross jump was like, I remember really being my joint. And I think that was 91, 92. So I was like three, four years old. Like that was my shit. And, but I wasn't like in love with hip hop yet. Like I just, I was around it. Um, damn. My first song that made me fall in love with hip hop was Onyx Slam. It's a good song. I, I I was stupid fanned out as a kid over Onyx. I had the the little stickers because my uncle did promotion for it. The sticker, the smiley face shit. Oh. I had those on everything. Everything. My Walkman had that on it. I was sticking those stickers wherever I could. Like I was super into Onyx. So yeah, that was that's probably my first. That's wow. Shout out to MVP. What a good question. Because there's a difference of like, yo, what's the first album you bought? People ask all the time. Or what's the, you know, like what's the first thing you remember? But what made you fall in love is a whole different question. Because that shit could be 10 years after you started listening. Yep. Nope. Yeah. For me, Slick Rick adult story. Because I just, I just couldn't (laughs) fathom somebody saying those kinds of things over a beat. And then Rick sounded so cool. To be like that voice, like, yo, he sounded so cool. And I was just like, as a kid, I was just like, yo, he's crazy. Then I listened to the whole album and obviously Children's Story and Mona Lisa and all that shit. And I was like, it was my favorite album for like a long time. And I couldn't, I didn't, not that I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could play it in my house because I thought like my grandmother would lose her fucking mind. But (laughs) so I didn't, I would hide and play it. I don't know if she would ever feel a way about it, but that was that was the album. Now, to answer your question about flashy rappers, I don't know because I don't really think about rappers in their clothes, and I always think, think no, just like talking were. wise, like not That's how they were, like how did they talk on the track, even if they were bummy. But who talked the best about their money, about shopping, who had the best metaphors about flashiness? I don't know. I mean, Biggie's number one. Yeah, it's always big. But then see, it was like you had Foxy and Kim, right? Because they they was just they were label whores, right? Like when it came to rapping, they were just like super labeled up. 
Then you had, I mean, obviously you had Slick. You had, um, I mean, you've had Cam. You've had Cam is on my top on my Mount Rushmore. I got Biggie. I, mean, I got Cam. See, I, Kiss was just very elaborate with the, the <laughs> shit that he talked about. Yeah, it was just absurd that he the things that he would say. Um, he said, I got an Ashton Vanguish the color of dandruff. Kiss yeah. was all over the place. He was <laughs> he was nuts. It was just like Kiss would say things, and I'm like, yo, they don't even make that, but maybe they should because you said it. Um, Push is another one. Push will talk about some, he'll talk about some clothes. You'd be like, damn. Um, man, I don't know. You put me on the spot on this one. I don't know. I think I've said the names that I could think of off the top of my head, and I'm guaranteeing you that I'm missing people. I'll give um, you my Jay was good at this shit too. Yeah, Jay, Jay was good, but then he fucked me up with the the change clothes. Like, I hated that. That's probably one of my most hated Jay-Z songs ever. Um, but Biggie, Cam, because Cam, Cam is just fucking fly. And Jet, like, he, the fly talk, the cash talk by Cam is next level. And then Nasty Nas. Like, Nas, Nas had me wanting to get the velour tracksuit. Like, before no, that shit was hot. <laughs> then those shits blew up. But Nas had the, the velour. Pff, come on, not Nas was big time talk. Like right after, I'd say right after it was written. It yeah, was. I, I hated that version of Nas. Oh, all that shit between the "You Can Hate Me Now" like that whole album, that whole run, ninety four, ninety five to two thousand Nas before it's still matting was all that shit. I hated it. I hated it. It wasn't it, Nas. It's kind of it jiggy like, rap Nas. <laughs> yeah, and I hated it. I hated it. I didn't never want a Dvalor suit. I didn't want any Oh, Sway Bally's? Gross. Ooh. Nas was talking to shit. So give me Nas. And then my last spot was a toss-up. Because I can't, I can't figure out who's better at it. Between Mace on his bad boy run. Because Mace was talking some shit, but I probably have to give it to early Kanye. Just polo, what Louis book bag, Kanye. Yeah, I didn't care for any of that shit. You didn't like that Kanye? Everyone liked that Kanye. No, I didn't. I I didn't I never that's I mean, that's always where I always thought that Kanye was gonna end up being a sucker one day because he was so infatuated with like labels and shit and the way yeah. he used to rap about it he was like i didn't like his adoration for that shit like people really liked the louis vuitton don and i was like that's yeah. cute but i could see where this is going louis vuitton con come on man yeah no 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 <laughs> that i mean i i know back i mean kane had some joints right yes. like but like when when kane goes like all that shit like he was clean Kane, Kane was clean with it. So I, I know people be like, yo, Big Daddy Kane, like on his slick shit, was always big cash rap. And outside of drug dealing rap, because you said push, but push is more like drug dealing cash rap to me. Like there's just some people who are just fly with it. Like Drake ain't fly with it. Wayne ain't fly with it. Um, I, I don't know enough of Future's catalog. But I mean, I mean Migos got to be in there. As a group, like the Versace shit was fire. Yeah, but all they said was Versace. That For was me, crack. when you when you when you talk about fashion, that's what made Cam dope. Like Cam was very colorful with how he talked about fashion. If you're just dropping the names of labels, I don't give a shit about that. Like, Bill no, but they very- do Birkin shit now. Like yeah. Migos put a lot of that shit on the map. 
the Birkin I, bags, I, I, this, I, that. I don't, I don't care. Like I, I, I care more about how you do it. That's what made Big so dope. Put my hose in NY into DKNY. Hey, what's DKNY? Because I want to know what that is. Yep. Miami, DC, prefer Versace. <laughs> like, I, I just, I love the way that Big flipped it because rappers weren't talking about clothes like that. The way that he was doing it. They were. People talk about Bally's, MCMs, and all that shit. But the way Big did it, like, it was just different. Like, if you just say Versace, Versace, I, I don't care. <laughs> that's not, that's not very clever to me. You have to be clever with how you did it. Like, Foxy being a product of Jay. She was good at that with that husky ass voice. Kim, obviously a product of big, she was good at it, but I don't know if it was something that I was like, oh man, that's incredible. The way that she puts those words together with, you know, whatever the fuck clothes she's wearing. Kim did. Not I mean, Kim is, Kim might be up there. Cause Kim, she was rapping about shit. And like women were like, yeah, I mean, you need to buy me. You, like you go oh. down the list of Kim songs, like everything off of hardcore, right? Like, <laughs> Kim was just really, but again, that was all, that was a lot of, that was big. A lot of that was big. And you can obviously tell years later, you know, as a kid, you just thought about it. But now it's like, even after like, big was gone, she had some shit that was crazy. She was, it just, she was on her like flashy money. I'm a woman. You got to pay for this type shit. Lil' Kim might earn a spot. Yeah. I don't, why did you come up with this subject? You Were you bored? No, because I was like, yo, we were talking flashy shit like Dre. Cause you, one, peop- one thing people don't know about you, because we, we talk about you shopping and you might have a problem, but you buy shit that's not quote-unquote like designer label, right? It's more like that Nas-style flashy shit. You buy shit, and the way that is flashy is like, yo, we're making 150 of these. Yes, that's different. And you'd be like, what? Like, yo, I need that. I'm like, yo, yeah. what? You don't need that. No, but it's such a limited press. Like sneakers too. Like, yo, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have to be like the the Jordan that retro this time, and it comes out and no, you'd be like, yo, nah, you know what? I actually got that from like ten years ago. Like on the limited run, all it, no, I got sneakers I haven't worn. Like in the like, you're very specific in your flash, and then you break some shit out. And people are like, yo, when do you have that? Like whatever yeah. kicks it is. Which you see like this week, like for like seriously, I buy like I don't buy sneakers. Like I hate the sneakers app. Everybody hates the sneakers app because it's, it's fucking terrible. But um, the kicks that I buy, like there's certain things that I want. Like I needed to have the Space Jam, so I never had the Space Jam, so I had to buy them. But I'm not like a Jordan fiend like that. Like I can't do that whole everybody's buying the same kicks and then when you buy them, everybody wears them like a week later. I can't do that. Yeah, I buy sneakers. I put them on ice until it's time to bust them out again. Jordans come out so fast that it's like, I still have my Jordans, my 13s from like, I bought them like 06 and they've like re-released like three different times. So it gets kind of ridiculous. But for me, it's about color schemes. It's about, it's like, I'm a 90s Air Max guy. I love 90s Air Maxes and they have to be a certain style. And I'll, I'll pull them out. And it's not because, it's not that they're expensive. It's just that nobody else has them, right? Or you're not wearing them the right way. And what I mean by that is like, if you burn them out in the first month that you bought them, like, cool, I'll wait in like three years, I'll bust mine out. And you'll be like, yo, where'd you get those? I got them probably the same time you did. I just waited to wear mine. Yo, I got some 90 Air Max that are made out of cork with lime. I saw them and I was like, yo, I got to buy these. I got to buy it because I'm going to wear them and I'm not going to wear them. I'm not stupid either. Like I hate people who buy like fresh kicks and then put them with like a bummy ass outfit. Like, I'm not saying you got to match from head to toe, but do a little quick cut 
coordination. Just don't wear them shits just to be wearing them, right? You know, like I, like I hate people who wear like tags hanging off their clothes. Like, motherfucker, mm. I know what that is. Don't do that. But for <laughs> me, it's I like having shit that I feel like nobody else has. So when I see a limited edition anything, like with the like my Tim Anderson jersey, obviously I bought it because I'm a fucking White Sox fan and I, Tim Anderson. But yeah, they only made a few of these. I regret it if I don't get it. So I cop it. I cop what I like, but I'm not the sneaker app guy. I'm not the like, I'll stand in line and get this. The only thing I wait for, and I've said this before, are video games. The only thing I would wait for is a PlayStation and Xbox. And I won't even do that anymore because I figured out how to jump the lines on that shit. But other than that, you will never see me like stressing over like the sneakers app. Uh, but- like you, you got a lot of Jiggy era stuff in like you Jiggy era Jay. Like you, that, that is like, you would have the shiny suit on if you were 10 years older, like no. you would have been, you would have been, listen, I know your backpack soul is, is still in there, but they were like, yo, that's Chiquiera Dre right there. Like you, you would have, cause that's how you, and that's how it was back then. It wasn't like Jordans were releasing all the time. It was just, yo, who has some dope shit that nobody else got. That's and that's, it. that's your whole style. Like that. You would have been at Dapper Dan in the 80s, oh. like with the custom shit. You would have been all that. That is one that the Dapper Dan era, and even though Dapper Dan's still here and makes shit, but when Dapper Dan was at his hottest, because he custom made his shit. That's yep. the reason why I would have been there. I'd have been there because everybody else would have been like Bally's and MCMs. I'd have done some wild shit just because. And then it's mine. Like yep. everything I buy is mine. Like I have a Black Panther jacket that I've worn like three times. And I, I bought this shit like six years ago. And I love it. But I had to buy it because it was so limited. That, like, I saw it, and I was like, I'm copying this. Today, I just bought an Eloy Jimenez bobblehead. They only make 200 of them. And I saw it, and I was like, yo, I'm buying this. That's just how I function. But if I see, like, 100 people buy the same – like, I see 100 people waiting to buy the same shit, I'm like, nah, I'm good. Or if something's popular, I don't buy shit because it's popular. Like, everybody bought them Travis Scott Jordan um, yeah. that came out. The ones? I, yeah, I, I was like, yeah, they're cool. But, you know, some people flip Jordans. I don't sell my shoes. I don't buy kicks to sell them. I just, I never have. So, and I looked at them and I was like, but I don't really like them. So I'm not going to buy them. And people are like, you crazy? Like, even if I, I was like, no, I don't sell my shit. So I like to have shit that I, I like. My wife says I had a problem with it too. She was like, you just buy shit because you like it. Yes. Isn't that what you're <laughs> supposed to do? Because <laughs> I buy shit because I like it. That's the name of the game for me. I don't buy shit to look good for somebody else. Like my wife is like, who, who are you gonna look good for today? I was like, dude, I like how this shit looks. I bought this Tim Anderson jersey because I'm a fan. Like my White Sox hat collection, because I'm a White Sox fan. If Yan- Yankees hats are always cool, I don't fucking fuck with the Yankees. So I don't buy Yankees hats. That's I buy White Sox hats. That's what I will spend my money on. That's just, I, I have to be a fan of what I'm buying and then I wear it because I like it. I don't, I don't wear shit that I don't like. Like I, if Kanye came out with some shit and people were like, yo, you got, <laughs> I don't fuck with Kanye, so I'm not wearing that shit. I would pay money to see you show up like to one of our live shows or just important weekend in some Yeezys. That ain't never happened. <laughs> like, yo, we get a Yeezy sponsorship and they just send bad kicks to your crib. I don't even like how they look. That's my thing. Me like either. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I didn't like it since after he left Nike. Like maybe the first ones were okay. Like the fly knit joints. But outside of that, no, nah, like I don't, I don't fuck with these. They, they all look just weird to me. They're not di- like a shoe you rock on the daily. 
if his name wasn't attached, that shit would make no sense. Yeah, fuck that. So, yeah, I mean, no album dropping and no Yeezy sneakers for you. I will work on my sneakers here shortly. Uh, the wife heard us talking about this in the background, and she was like, I have sneakers for you in the cart right now. Like, like she just pressed, like, like she just pressed by. I'm like, yo, chill out. thank you. But <laughs> she's been waiting for the cosine. Just, just wait, waiting to press check out on that. So uh, we shall see. I might, if they were dress shoes though. That's really why I was like, yo, chill. Like, no, I don't need three pair of dress shoes. Like to start, man, we ain't doing this again. No, I'm just saying that's like, let me buy sneakers first. Like then then we can usher in the dress shoes. Um, Yeah, we do have to talk about boxing. Look at this. Look, My mind has wandered off of fashion. Let's hit the break. When we come back, we'll talk about Pacquiao weekend. We'll talk about a pack weekend we just had in boxing and some people make a move. So we got to see how the landscape of boxing is going to play out over the next couple of months. So you guys don't go anywhere. We're going to talk about what we're supposed to talk about. That's combat sports when we come right back. is Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast the NFL Road Show fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday Wednesday and Friday I've got some amazing guests that are joining me I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories previewing games we'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our fantasy Friday episodes and we'll answer some of your questions as well so subscribe to the NFL Road Show on Apple Podcasts Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts All right, just that quick, we are back. No more fashion talk. Time to talk boxing. And Drake, to me, it's still a really big weekend out here. Manny Pacquiao versus Ugas happening this weekend at T-Mobile Arena. I mean, Eugenius Ugas is the champion. He's coming in with the title, the title that Manny never defended. So the WBA was like, oh, come up off of that. Ugas is the permanent champion, and now they get to settle it who is really the WBA champion. This then sets up the winner to face Errol Spence with three title belts on the line. Um, For everyone listening, if you don't know how it goes, four major titles in every boxing division. So that would be three on the line whenever the winner, if they fight Errol Spence after this one. And that would lead Terrence Crawford with only the other title outside of that. So um, it's always nice to see titles condensed and this would be a good way to get there. But... People are talking about, well, Spence is out. The luster is gone. I I still don't know how big of a star Errol Spence is. Um, Well, I'll put it like this. This is a mighty, mighty blow to Errol Spence's career. In terms of this fight would have made him a pay-per-view star, like mm-hmm. Oscar made Floyd a pay-per-view star. Um, you need somebody when you're on the cusp to put you over. Canelo got made a pay-per-view star courtesy of Floyd. You need one person, an opponent that's going to put you over. This was the opponent for Errol Spence Jr. And I mean, shit, even Oscar, in some ways you could say it was Chavez, right? Even though Oscar was already a big star, it was like when he beat the shit out of old Chavez in front of like all these mad uh, people from Mexico, which rightfully so, it was like, why are you beating up our our fucking hero? Um, Did he know Chavez Whitaker back to back? Ah, uh, damn! Don't do this because I can't remember. I can't uh, remember the, 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 I'm gonna like, pull it up. I'm just—I know it's in the vicinity, but when I'm thinking about it, like, damn, that'd be one hell of a run if he went back to back off of them. But yeah, that was his star-making time period. 
Yeah, I, I mean, Oscar De La Hoya, as much as we talk about him, Oscar De La Hoya has one of the best resumes in boxing. He fought everybody. That's never one scary. thing I, I, will, I will never sit on Oscar because people would give Oscar and be like, oh, he was this, he was that. Yo, Oscar didn't even have to fight Pacquiao. He fought Floyd. He fought Shane. He fought, like, Ike Corte. He fought Fernando Vargas when people thought Fernando was the real Mexican. Like, he fought everybody he fought tito trinidad uh, he fought everybody and it was no, 10 uh, months apart by the way 10 months yes. apart miguel and hell gonzalez was in the middle but it was in the same calendar year which is stupid impressive yeah like like oscar had the thing but in terms of errol spence jr like errol spence needed this pacquiao fight he needed it it i can't really pontificate how serious it is that Errol doesn't get this fight, and I don't know what happens to his career in terms of star power. I still think he'll be what he'll be a star, but having Manny Pacquiao's name on your resume when you're on the cusp because it's not like he's Jeff Horn, right? It's not like Jeff Horn was a guy who came in and people thought Manny would beat and got a bullshit decision, or Tim Bradley who also got a bullshit decision. They really helped them, mm-hmm. and nobody thought they were on the cusp of stardom. People see Errol Spence, they see his name, and they know who he is, but it's like. If he went out there and beat the brakes off of Manny Pacquiao, he's a star. That that's what happened. And now I don't know what happens. Like Ugas beating Pacquiao doesn't help Ugas. <laughs> of course, no. I would say of course it does. But no, no one gives a fuck about Jeff Horn. No, yeah, Jeff Horn went out. He beat Manny Pacquiao. And then what happened? He got the bullshit beaten out by Terrence Crawford. Yeah, no one it cares about Jeff Horn at all. No, but because like if you're expected, if you're not expected to win and you win, and I said this about Zaire Rahim with Eric Morales, nobody cares because after you win, you have to keep winning. And most people, when they get that, like even the Buster Douglas shit, Buster went out there and he got a whole ass video game made for him. But then he got fat and just stopped giving a fuck. And then he got beat up by Evander Holyfield and his claim to fame for the rest of his life will be Mike Tyson because it was the biggest upset ever. But when you have somebody like an Ugas, who's not a huge underdog, and we'll talk about the fight in a moment, but if he wins, it's not going to be pretty. It's not like he's going to go out there and knock out Manny Pacquiao. No. It's not going to make him a star. But Errol Spence, if he would have dusted Manny Pacquiao, it would have been all over SportsCenter. Everybody would have been talking about it. And whether you think it's true or not, it was the biggest fight of the year. No. What's bigger than that fight? Any fight don't Canelo you, is in. Mm, Any fight Canelo is in. I, I don't. I don't know. If, if I don't know because Canelo fought Billy Joe Saunders. I'm not going to think. You thought I was going to say Fury. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think. I don't think Canelo versus Plant is bigger. Bigger than Pacquiao versus Spence. I think Pacquiao versus Spence was the biggest fight of the year. Damn. Because because Pacquiao still had. I mean, just like Canelo. But Pacquiao has this cult following, right? And, you know, his countrymen adore him. But Spence, in the same vein as Javante Davis, Spence does bring him out. Like, he does bring yeah. him out. And in, in that vein, when people see, and also it's like the only fight left this summer because everything else got killed. So it would have, the spotlight would have been on Spence and Pacquiao. And Spence beats the hell out of Pacquiao. Everybody's talking about it. I think me, per- I think it's the biggest fight of the summer. I can see what you're saying with Canelo, but Canelo can fight a tomato can and everybody's going to watch that shit. Yeah, that, that's my point. Any fight with Canelo is the biggest fight but I, of the year. I think, I think Manny's, I mean, Manny's kind of there as well. He's, Manny's the la- last of a dying breed of superstar boxers. 
And there'll be another one that comes back. Like Manny, I mean, the motherfucker's a... Sad. I think Canelo is that guy. Like, I, he, but he Floyd is. put him over. He was put on by someone from that generation. But that's yeah. every generation. But that's, the, the, that's what I'm saying. Manny's the last of a dying breed. So if Manny goes out on his shield against Errol Spence Jr. in a fight that nobody really thought Manny should or would take, and he took it, that's a, this is a big moment for Errol Spence. Or if Manny Pacquiao fucked around and won, Jesus. Oh, then he's, then he'd have to fight Bud Crawford. He'd be a favorite. I don't know. Nah, he I don't know. He'd, he'd I don't, be a favorite. If he'd be Errol Spence, he'd be a favorite over Bud Crawford and arguably the number two pound for pound guy in the world. I can see the number two. I don't know if he'd be a favorite against Bud because it all depends on how he beat Errol Spence. Right. Like if he went out there and just beat the hell out of Errol Spence, yes. But if he didn't, people would say that Errol Spence was overrated. That's the that's the first thing the naysayers would say. It was like, ah, oh, well, I thought Errol lost to Sean Porter. That's for, that's the second thing they would say. What? And then they go, oh, well, who did he beat? Danny Garcia ain't that good. That's that's what they say. He was too big for Mikey Garcia. They would take away everything that Errol Spence has accomplished. So I don't think they would. I think it'd be maybe an even money fight. I don't think Manny would be the favorite. But I think Errol losing this fight, man, this this sucks for him. Because what can he do? that can bring this level of attention to him. Even a Bud Crawford fight, as big as we think it is in the boxing world, it's not nearly as big as what Manny is to the world. No, that's that's true. I mean, all you think he could do now is hope that Pacquiao wants to fight again. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. Crazy. Yeah, and, and I think he should. If, if the money is there... I always believe, like, is people, you know, whatever you may think about the Pacquiao second half of the run, the philanthropy, the, you know, him running for office in the Philippines and seems to take care of his people. I don't know. Some people think that that's a whole front. He's just power hungry. I don't fucking know. But he devoted the whole second half of his career to that alongside boxing, right? So... If you think that now the politics is starting to outweigh it, he does want to run for president. I think he can run for president when he, whether he's still boxing or not. I, I think the man kind of has that in the back. I'm not sure of the political candidates that are run against him. He did one hell of a push during COVID. He brought in a lot of supplies. He was out with the people when this shit first hit. And it was, I think he kind of has presidency in the back. So if he wants to fight and make more money personally, I think PBC would give him a lot of money for that. And it'd probably fall after they re-up their deal with Fox, which would probably give him even more money. The problem is time. It's, it's time. It's, it, the time commitment that Manny Pacquiao has to put in to become president or a, a run campaigning, he said it, Freddie said it, he can't do it. He can't do it. He has to train when he's able to train. He was able to train. If he commits to running for president, He's pr it's probably done. It's probably that's it. I find out when this election is. I, it's another year from now, so it's like many turns. What forty three or forty four this year? He's born in forty three, I believe. Okay, he ain't getting no younger. And once he has to commit, because think about it, you're on your campaign trail. Yeah, obviously and he turns forty three in December. And you have to. Be, there's a key here too. It's like. Freddie told me this, and I didn't get to run this interview because Spence got hurt. The, the thing that changed for Manny, it was like Manny, I don't want to say he got too big for his britches, but 
when he decided to train in the Philippines. And Freddie was like, I tried to train with him out there and I couldn't do it because there was too many fucking distractions and we couldn't get the best work. And Manny had to realize that. Remember, Manny fired Freddie. Yeah. Manny had to realize that, like, I'm not getting the work that I need. I'm just kind of coasting in camp. Boo Boy being in your corner, you're not getting any better with fucking Boo Boy. Let's be honest. But as soon as Manny comes to the States and goes to wild card to train with Freddie, all those distractions are gone. It's not the same. So if you're on the campaign trail, preparing to become the president of your home country, you ain't got time to be training for no goddamn fight. Well, the presidential election is May 9th, 2022. Exactly. So you know right after this is? fight, it's all campaigning through May. But if he wins, he then has time to train and be back in the ring this time next year. Now the question becomes, what does Spence do? Does he wait? Because Manny's not fighting before then. You're completely right. He is going into full campaign mode from the day this fight ends this weekend. Sunday through May 9th, 2022, he's in campaign mode. He's not training at all. So what do you do as Errol Spence? You fight. You can't wait on Manny because that fight may never materialize. You absolutely cannot wait on Manny Pacquiao. You have to fight. Obviously, you're the champ, so you definitely have to fight if you care about them damn titles. The other thing is, reason you have to fight is your ass been squeezing into 147 pounds for way too long. If you don't fight, your ass is going to 154. Mm. He can't, he's not staying. So he has, to, he has to fight. Like, I don't know who he fights. That'd be a good time for a Keith Thurman fight. You're absolutely right. It would be a good time for a Keith Thurman fight. I think this throws a monkey wrench, and we're going to get to it. So when I talked to Virgil Ortiz this week, and if you watch what happened with the Virgil fight, which we'll talk about, Virgil was like, I don't know what I have to do because boxing is fucking crazy. Think about this for a minute. If everything <laughs> was still in line, yeah. Errol was fighting Manny, right? And then you go, okay, well, we, you know, if Errol wins, uh, you know, he has, he beats Manny Pacquiao. He becomes the cash cow of the division. And then if you're Terrence Crawford, if you want to stay relevant, you probably fight Sean Porter since it's going to be ordered by the WBO. And then if you're Virgil, you wait because Virgil's like, well, I want to fight again this year, but if if Sean and Terrence were to fight in September, October, which not happened in September, November, it, yeah, yeah, he was like, I'd wait for a quick, I'd wait for that. But if it goes any longer than that, I'm not gonna not gonna wait. I gotta fight somebody else. Now you look at the rest of the division. What the fuck is Keith Thurman doing? Because he's kind of stuck. Danny Garcia's moved up. Yep. Who's seen this is hanging around, and. You have the division has to continue to move because it can't wait on Manny Pacquiao, who doesn't have all the belts. He'll have one belt, which the WBA will just take back from him again. So it's like they ain't gonna take to, back from him again. There's yes, no no. Nah. Yes, they will because they will find way. Like if if Manny Pacquiao wins and doesn't defend that title by next year, they will take his ass down to champion in recess or whatever the fuck it is. No, they're they're consolidating belts. So they say. Can you believe anything the WBA says? No, Chris but I ripped mean, them a good one. Yeah, <laughs> on air. <laughs> I saw I saw Chris today in summer league too, and we had a good laugh about it because I he, I was like, yo, he, I was like, you were fed the fuck up. He was like, I, I absolutely was. He was like, I couldn't wait to say it. You can't trust the WBA to do the right thing ever. So, but if Manny wins and he's got that title held for hostage, the rest of the division has to move on. It has to. So Arrow's gonna probably have to fight Keith Thurman, and not even have to. It's just. Because the problem is, like, what has Keith been doing to make it feel like that that fight would be big? 
it's, it sucks. It's still a fight that people wanted to see. So it's like the biggest fight in recess, you know, like it's the biggest holdover fight you could probably get. It's it's and how big is that? Seriously, it's not big as it was. Keith fucked that off. I can continue yeah. to blame Keith for that. Yeah, but right. I mean, it's it's bigger than any other. It's bigger than fighting Mean Machine like Terrence Crawford had to do, or you know, like it, it's bigger than fighting Amir Khan. Like it, it's the biggest of the stay busy fights. Yeah. So Keith hasn't fought in two years since Pacquiao. Yeah. Pacquiao hasn't fought since Keith. Right. Keith has to fight soon. And it feels like the timeline, I don't know how long Arrow's going to be out. I don't know if he'll even be back this year. He says he will, but again, you can't get punched in the face with a torn retina while it's healing. But if, you know, if somehow Arrow manages to come back in December, I guess you'll fight Keith. But this means that Terrence Crawford needs to figure out what he's doing quick. Because he's got to move. Because Sean Porter ain't going to just sit around and wait for him. No, but I mean, once What's that's ordered, he's not vacating the belt. So he's going to fight Sean Porter. I mean, they and just got Now, the question is, will it be on top rank? Oh, well, that's a whole nother order. Because, right? I mean, like, listen, yeah, like, I, without any inside knowledge or anything like that, like, they're obviously full disclosure partners with ESPN and everything. But I haven't heard anything about it. But once it's ordered, top rank has to say... Do we want to put the money up for this or will we let it go to purse bid? And well, they have first rights on it because Terrence is a chip. So, or do they want to let it go to purse bid and PBC will pick it up? Hands down. Oh, absolutely. PBC will pick it up and put it on the fucking pay per view and they'll be right up in there in November. Um, well, December. They put in December because they have back yet. They should have Canelo plant in November. And it'll stage that right in December as a pay-per-view and roll right with it. So top rank, again, that puts him in the pickle because then that means Bud Crawford will not have fought his last fight under contract. And you then handcuff Bud for another fight. And that's tough. That it's, it's a sticky thing. Like top rank at this point might just have to be like, yo, we're going to pay whatever they deem we have to pay. Yeah, it's 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 a tough spot, but Arrow's the biggest loser in this situation because he can't fight. Is this this was his shining moment? Like yeah. this this was it. This was it. Now I don't know where he goes from here. As for Manny, um, the Ugas fight. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll put it like this: uh, Spence Pacquiao was one of the hottest tickets in town. Um, Pacquiao Ugas, you can find some tickets. <laughs> um, who wins? How do you see it going? Man, listen, there's a lot of people that are just like, oh, man, he's going to steamroll Ugas. No, he's not. Well, if he does, I wouldn't be necessarily be surprised. But no, we got to give Ugas a lot more credit. Uh, I think Ugas, Ugas's amateur Cuban style is not, it's, it's tricky and it lead, it's going to lead to, unless Manny could put him on his ass, some really tricky scorecards. We just saw this with Rigo and Casemiro. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which was a treacherous fight. Yeah, <laughs> I still don't know who won that fight. It was still, it was treacherous. I've seen it twice. Still don't know who won that fight. Yeah, I don't know how you watched it twice. That's that's dedication, brother. I well, because I had it on like the side TV, and then I noticed mm-hmm. the scorecards were too crazy, so I let it run again. You know, like 
Um, yeah. oh, well, and then, we'll talk about that in a second. No, let's, yeah. let's hold that because that yeah. fight sucked. But Ugas' style is very, it's like that. Like, even if you go back and watch the, the fight with Sean Porter and people thought that Ugas won, it's his style is not, he's not terribly convincing all the time. No. So if he can neutral, if he can find a way to neutralize Manny's speed, if he can, if he's able to time him, because the biggest problem with Manny is when he comes out those gates, those first three rounds are rough. Keith was off because he hadn't fought in so long and he got in there with Manny and was like, oh shit. Every fighter that fights Manny says the same thing. Yep. This is crazy. Unless you're Marquez and you fought his ass four times, you're like, I know what's coming. Because even Marquez in the first fight he got yeah. blitzed. He got dropped Man. three times in the first round. I mean, Manny went after Floyd first and people were like, ooh. And then Floyd slowed him down, figured him out. Yeah, and, and, and Manny was long to purpose. Forget the shoulder. He wasn't the same fighter. He, he just wasn't. Floyd was excellent. He would have beat him anyway. But that wasn't the Manny that we saw, like, terrorize people. No. that Floyd still would have feasted on that because he's that good. He would have spent a round trying to figure it out. But it takes rounds to figure that out. And if Ugas takes too many rounds, he'll find himself behind. The only way to beat Manny Pacquiao, the, the way that Jeff Horn and Timothy Bradley did it in this bullshit way, is because they was aggressive. You have to use your size with Manny. You have to be a pressure fighter. You cannot wait to try to counter Manny Pacquiao. It does not work. Nobody can do it. Like Keith had success down the stretch in that fight because he attacked. Ugas doesn't really attack. But if, if Manny can figure it out, because Manny has a great advantage over orthodox fighters being a southpaw, it, it opens up everything for him. So I think Pacquiao is going to win a decision. Um, I would, I'll say unanimous. But I'll say this, I will say it's going to be split because we're going to get some fucked up scorecard in this fight. If he can't <laughs> knock out Ugas, we're going to get a scorecard and then boxing Twitter will go, see, that's what's wrong with boxing. And they're absolutely right. It's going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to go Manny by decision. Uh, I don't think it'll be split. Give me unanimous. But I, I see a 115-113, 115-113, Like, you know, like one is just going to be like, yo, wild for Manny. Yeah, it's gonna be stu- it's gonna be stupid. There's gonna be a stupid scorecard. I just it's short notice, and you know it puts Ugas at a disadvantage, but it also puts Manny at a disadvantage. Manny has been training in camp for a southpaw who can fight, right? That that will come at you, that uses a long jab. That's what Spence is. Ugas does none of that shit. He's an orthodox Cuban fighter who waits and tries to set traps. It's a totally different fight. But fortunately, Manny's fought enough fights that I figure he can figure this out. Ugas, you can't get anybody in camp to fight like Manny Pacquiao. You can try. You just, you can't. That in and out shit, he's 42, doesn't matter. That shit is fast. Or Manny Pacquiao gets super old. Yeah, that's also a possibility. That'd be two the years. worst possibility because it led to a boring fight. It's two, It's been two years. Like, I, I like the thing that Manny still has it. Two years is a long time when you're 40. So I'm still picking Pacquiao, but I'm intrigued by this fight. I, I just don't know it'll be exciting. Yeah. It, uh, it could go real. If Manny got old, it'd get real ugly and real boring. But yeah. talk about real ugly, real boring. We have Casimero versus Rigondeaux from this past weekend. Oh, man. This is the first fight you want to talk about? Yep. Because the first two rounds, I was like, okay. You know what? This is going to be a good fight. Casemiro hits Rigondeaux to end the second round. And Rigondeaux comes out in the third and is like, he's never touching me again. And yeah. And, and then the switch flips 
And he's like, nope, back to the Cuban style. And this motherfucker danced for 10 rounds. His cardio, next level. That shit, it made me dizzy. He, and when you get to that point, can you win a fight without throwing punches? No, it's the question. No, no, no. Like, yo, Rigo had the nerve to say like he thought he won the fight. Listen, man, you're some people thought he won. Yo, I don't care how good defensively you are, you have to throw fucking punches. You have to even look like you want to be in a fight. Like, I (laughs) that's some shit I don't understand. Like. Yeah, you landed a few shots here and there, but they were so far and few in between, and they're really hard because if you're a judge watching the fight and a motherfucker ain't throwing no punches, like, people have short memories. We got to, like, cut the judges slack just on this this end. I forget what I had for breakfast today. <laughs> if, I'm watching, if I'm watching people fight in a ring and you don't throw a lot of punches and there's a punch that lands that for some reason my attention was elsewhere because it happens, I don't remember that. Now you've landed zero punches in my head. You lost the round. But if I see you keep coming forward and attacking in my head, whether you're landing punches or not, because obviously they don't have the same vantage point as us at home. If, if, not, if it's a close round, I'm giving it to the person who's fighting. That's just the way it goes. Even if they're not landing a ton of punches, if you're throwing none, the guy who's throwing punches is going to win the round. And that's what happened. I don't know what the hell Rigo was thinking, that you can win a fight being that economical. But Casimiro was, he was coming forward throwing punches. He did his job and the judges saw it and were like, cool. I'll give him this round. I'll give him this round. And one judge was like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, he was on one, but you can't win a fight without throwing punches, period. You just can't. That's what it came down to. The footwork looked beautiful. Everything else was like in place. I get it. Yo, yo I'm sorry. I gotta cut you off. You, you can't fight like that. At the fucking Dignity Health Center. You can't. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's when it's the Dignity Health Center. That's a sin, Stop hub? Slug hub? No, nah, never, never. There was always bloodshed there. Always. No, I've, been to, I've been to fights there. I went and saw... Um, I saw Mar- Triple G kill a man with a body shot there. <laughs> I saw the Marquez, Israel Vasquez, uh, the third fight in that trilogy at that arena. Yo, you can't, that fight is built for gladiators. You can't go in there and give them bullshit. They rarely boo. They booed that fight. Rightfully so. That fight sucked. It wasn't good. <laughs> it was, it was not good. And then uh, Virgil Ortiz, who we touched on earlier, got tested, got rocked by Mean Machine in the second round of their fight. Uh, came, I guess I'll talk about it now because why come back to it? Virgil Ortiz getting rocked doesn't bother me, right? Because we always want to see how young fighters take a punch. He took it. I'm very concerned with how he reacted to getting rocked because he started throwing with reckless abandon. And it backed me machine off enough to get him out of the round and kind of get his wits about him again. Then he put the pressure on, got me machine out of there and ate. But you can't do that against the elite of the elite. Terrence Crawford knocks him out in that spot. You can't come back and be wild because the better fighter, Mean Machine is a tough fighter. A better fighter knocks him out there. Boots Ennis knocks him out there. You can't, you have to be smart when you are hurt and know how to retreat, how to protect yourself, how to revert to defense. He got hurt and went into overdrive offensive mode. A better fighter knocks him out. 
I have zero concern. I completely disagree with you with this. Here's why. He's 23 years old. Sure. I'm totally fine with this. You know what? Canelo got the fuck. The, uh, Jose Cotto rocked the shit out of Canelo. And Canelo got hurt bad in that fight. He learned from it, right? Yeah. Virgil Ortiz got hurt. But not only did he fight back, he put me machine on his ass in that round. In the, in the following round, he put me following on, round. Yeah, third, he yeah. put him on his ass in that round. And it, the thing is, is like, it wasn't really that reckless. Those punches were still pretty tight that he was throwing. He wasn't throwing completely wild. He was fighting his way out of a bad situation. Now I will agree with you. You can't do that with everybody. No. Like if you get hurt, I just want to see you regroup and use some defense, right? Like what? if you're hurt, you can go one or two ways. You can use some defense or you can say, we're just fucking slugging it out. And it scares me when your natural reaction is you get rocked and it's just to stand in the firefight and slug it out. That's but see, scary yeah. to me. Here's my thing. You mentioned Terrence Crawford. Ain't too many Terrence Crawfords at 147. No, Virgil no, Ortiz no. is fucking up a lot of people. Yeah, he's fine. Like, like, no, like it's, it's one or two people that are going to capitalize off of that, right? Like, yeah, no. like Virgil, like there were people that was just like, oh, I saw him get hurt. Yeah, pe- fighters get hurt. I say it all the time. I need to see you get punched in the mouth one good time. Yeah. He got punched in the mouth one good time. And he was good. And not only did he come back to score a knockdown in the third, he had five knockdowns in that fucking fight. Yep. Like, and he finished Mean Machine earlier than Bud did. By a round. But Bud got hurt by Mean Machine, too. Yeah, and I mean, he got dropped. And they didn't call that shit. But yeah, like, it is what it is. It happens. To Mean be Machine's fair, tough. Mean Machine also dropped Ortiz in this fight, and they didn't count it as a drop. That yeah, shit was a knockdown. I mean, they were both knockdowns. It's, the point is, is that, you know, a guy like, first of all, you can't understate Mean Machine. He's tough. Oh, he's tough as fuck. He just, gonna, his gas tank is just betraying him, though. Well, it's not even necessarily that's betraying him because it's not like he's having this problem against lower level fighters. True, he's having this problem with the with what I, I would say like Terrence Crawford. We know is the elite, the elite. But Virgil Ortiz, some people are like, well, Boots. I was like, dog, Boots ain't fought nobody like Me Machine yet. And <clears throat> I, when it happens, because I think it's gonna happen, I think Boots is up there. Then we can talk. But don't discredit. What Virgil Ortiz did tonight, like that night, no. by immediately saying that Boots is better. Don't do that. What Virgil went out there and did, because remember, he handled business against Mo, against Mo Hooker, yeah, he, and like terrorized his body, and he beat the brakes off of Me Machine's body. Like it was a dog fight for the first two two rounds, and then the third round when he put him down. From that point, Virgil got to his corner and decided, "I'm going to control this fight with my jab." And then work yeah. the body off of this jab. And me machine, like his his gas tank betrayed him because Virgil was putting them paws on those that his insides. He was rearranging his guts. That that's that shot he hit him with in the eighth round. And me was like, I'm out. Oh, that was his it. Yeah. Was like, yeah. Yeah, was like, I'm out. It. I'm out. But but his brain was like, keep getting up. And his the rest of his body is like, all right, we're gonna keep getting up, but we're gonna get fucked up as long as we keep getting up. And Virgil was like a rate. That's the other thing, yo. He's a like he's a finisher in weight. Like he's nasty. Remember yeah. we talked about how Bud is nasty when it comes to finishing a ball? Yeah, yeah. When he has someone hurt. Yeah. Like Bud is the the top of the tops. When like he smells blood, it's over. Virgil is oh, Vir- is at is getting to that level. He's at that like the way he 
the way he dropped him the first time was like, oh, I got a wounded animal in front of me and he keeps getting up. And I don't know. And then Virgil heard the 10 second clap and it was like, I, I'm not going to the next round with this guy at I'm all. Finishing this fight now. <laughs> I was like, yo, 10 seconds. And he was like, no, this is it. He, he knew he, it. He wasn't going again. It was, and everyone in the stadium knew it. Everyone watching knew it. I was like, oh, there's 10 seconds. It's over. He's coming for blood. And the, the variety of punches he throws, he doesn't overcommit himself. He doesn't come outside of himself. He's very composed looking for that finish. He's so good. I, I just think this championship run, because, again, he's 23, right? I think his championship run, for better or worse, is going to come at 154 and not 147. But if he goes up to 154 tomorrow, I think I'm picking him over Charlo. I'm picking I'm picking him to be undisputed tomorrow if he wanted to move up. I, I'm curious how he carries up to 54. But it's like with this division being the way that it is. That power. <laughs> it's yeah, I mean, it, it, it's stupid because it looks so effortless. Like all those punches hurt. Like he was yeah. hitting me machine with punches that I was like, he didn't look like he put a lot behind that shit, but it was so well placed. And he clearly has like bricks for hands. So it's like when he hits people, they move. And it's like he moves people with his punches. He did the same thing with Mo Hooker. When you go back and watch that finishing sequence, it wasn't like he was like, oh, throwing these punches with all his might. He was just throwing punches. Not at all. He The first time he dropped me machine was with a short jab. Yeah, it was like it was like a jab, like kind of hook it, like a yeah. hook jab thing. And it, it was, was like just... a, a check lead hook. Like it was just something to throw out there. And boom. And he was on the ground. Maybe she was yeah, like, what I, the fuck? And that kind of power changes people's lives. I love seeing fighters with that kind of power that throw hands and they hit people. And the like Triple G used to do that shit. Yep. Triple G would hit people and they'd be like, whoa, hey, hold on. This is crazy. <laughs> this is some like, different this, shit. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not, and he's gonna keep hitting me. Is that what you're telling me? He's going to keep hitting me. And that's what Virgil does. I'm they're in a tough spot. Golden Boy's in a tough spot. They don't really have opponents for him. They got to find opponents for Virgil. And Virgil's, he's WBO, number one ranked. Like, he, honestly, he should get the order over Sean. Because he's done what he needed to do. Twice. Yeah, but they pulled the trigger on Sean already. And then Terrence won't have to defend another mandatory for years. So I'm not sure if he fights him. Um, yeah, I don't know either. But you, I think you're in a situation where it's like, well, how long? You can't avoid him. Now he's becoming that point, that part fighter that you that people go, well, what about like you can't avoid them. You can't sooner or later. You can't. I mean, again, you can. I don't if he says, yo, I'm not going to fight Bud, then I'm number one WBO. I'm sure if he moved up, WBO would sanction him as the number one at 154. Yeah. So he'd be I'm like, yo, sure. so where do I get to fight for my title? I'm just pretty sure he's staying at 47 because the same problem presents itself at 54. <laughs> Who, who's he fight? I mean, not Charlo. He fights. Uh, what's his face? Who? One second. Uh, we forget his name all the time. No, Castano. Like Castano. That's not. That's not what's going to happen. Castano's with PBC. I mean, You're it's a better shot of fighting him than I'm, fighting Charlo. I'm just saying, at this point, at forty. Yeah, Castano, WBO light middleweight champion. So you don't have to fight Charlo Castaño. If you'd be like, yo, I'm number one down here. Bud's not going to fight me. I'm sure WB will be like, all right, cool. Move up, move up and fight Castaño. That's a fight. I think they could make. I just don't think Virgil is a type. uh, Not even that he's the type. I just know he's like, yo, I'm 47. I want a title here. Like this is, this is, I think he wants. Yeah. I think 
I just don't know how shot it. be a three division, you know, like you don't want to move up without holding a, a normal title. Cause right. you know, when you're dominant at that level, we're like, no, I want a fucking title here. Cause when I do move up, I want to be a two division champion, three division yeah. champion. And I'm you don't want to come back down. Yeah. <laughs> like, like here's my name, bitch. Like fight me. Like, like that's what he's doing. Everybody. He's trying to put people in a tough spot where you kind of have to fight them because yeah. not only is he winning, he has a perfect knockout record. Who's doing this? Yeah, I, I think it's an incredible fight for Bud. Um, I think if Bud decides to pull the trigger, I don't know what Bud's thinking, but if Bud just wants to do the free agency shit um, and fight anywhere, including top rank, if you want to do a one-off deal. But if Bud wants to do the free agency shit and say he's, you know, he fights Porter, that's the end of his deal. I would love to be like, all right, cool. Just a one-off with top rank. Give me give me Josh Taylor. Then do that. And then after that, be like, yo, Errol, are you ready? If he's not ready, then be like, cool, I'm a free agent. Give me Virgil on the zone. Eddie would pay him. Oh, yeah. Eddie will pay him. So, like, yeah, cool. If, if Virgil is the number one after that, fuck it. Give me Virgil. Test yourself. Because there's only so much time left in the game. So, like, you know what? Let's do it. And then if you beat Virgil while he's young, because if you're going to beat him, beat him while he's young. Yes. You ain't going to beat him in three years. So beat him now. And then you say, okay, Errol, let's go. Now there's no other excuse. There's no mandatory, there's no nothing. So you you have to do that. Or by that time, Errol might vacate everything. You go bell collecting. And that's, that's, that's what it is. Unless Virgil waits for Errol to vacate, which is a possibility. What if Manny vacates? I, I'm wondering who's the WBA. I'd have to look at the rankings. One and two. Yeah. Fuck the WBA. Manny said it best. Everybody with a WBA title, just throw that shit in the trash. Fuck the WBA. Yeah, I mean, we're past that point, all right? Like, But they are allegedly going to consolidate. So we have... um, Boom, right there. If Bud doesn't want to fight, fuck it, cool. If for any reason Pacquiao vacates, say he's done, right? Like, yo, I'm retired, I'm president. Jamal James is the world champion. Virgil Ortiz is the gold champion. Yes, so stupid. Virgil could fight Jamal in December. Yeah, he could. And say, yo, Bud's not going to fight me, WBO. I'm just moving on to WBA. Then you got Virgil versus Jamal. Pacquiao vacates. Then what? You have Ugas versus Virgil for the WBA by next summer. You could go that route. The one name you didn't mention is uh, Connor Ben. I like Connor Ben. They don't have him rated though. He's rated it, nine by no, the WBA. I'm just talking about as a potential opponent for Virgil Ortiz. Oh, I like that. But you think it's too early? Like, I feel like that's a he's no, going to make a lot of money in the UK. I'm not sure if it's smart for the zone to put him in there with Virgil. I mean, it, it's it. It's not if you're going by current boxing politics. It is if you're going by, yo, let these motherfuckers fight. Like, if you go by that mindset, you can change a lot of things in boxing because Tiafimo and Vasily Lomachenko wasn't supposed to happen. And it did. Young fighters like Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney, you can sit and try to let it marinate. But I always think about uh, Yuri Okus Gamboa and Juan Manuel Lopez. And Bob was like, we're going to let it marinate. And then both of them fucking lost. And he was like, damn, we just missed out on a lot of fucking money. So 
if you're Conor Bannon, if that's the fight you want, I mean, because at a certain point, you just can't fight cans. You you got to – the UFC is always going to be better at this when it comes to just fight. Like, you're moving up, fight somebody. Like, we need two people to fight. Virgil Ortiz, you ain't got nobody to fight. Conor Ben, you have nobody to fight. Fight each other. Best man wins. Because we got to take that way, this idea that being undefeated means shit. Fighting good opponents means shit. Conor Ben loses to Virgil Ortiz, so – we got to get out of that mindset. But I, if we're going by the current boxing model where we have to protect fighters and pad records and all this bullshit, of course, they won't put uh, Conor Ben with, with Virgil Ortiz. Conor yeah. Ben's older than Virgil. He is. He is. That's my hell of a fight, though. Oh, my God, I would love that fight. Yeah. Um, and do that in the UK. Fuck it. Send Virgil over. Virgil won't care. No, all I mean, he'll fight All anyway. he'll say is like... Uh, they got a they got a music store because you know he loves buying his guitars and shit. Yeah. Like he, he's like, can I go to Abbey Road? Like he's such a music nerd. That's the only thing he'll care about. Virgil Virgil doesn't give a fuck. I like Virgil a lot for that reason because he just wants to fight. He don't want to be a superstar. He just wants to fight the best there is. Yeah, I agree. So now we'll we'll see how that plays out. Um, the only other thing was Nico Ali Walsh made his debut on top rank, completely overshadowed the main event. But uh, I don't know four rounds. King got a TKO and one. It's hard to judge people off their first fight because you're always fighting someone kind of a lesser value. I I liked everything they built around it. He wore Ali's shorts from the 1960s, said made for Muhammad Ali, the Everlast. Like they they really leaned into the connection. I thought it was well done. And the kid said everything he's supposed to say. Like, I'm not here to be a world champion yet. I'm, I'm here to develop. Wherever I end up, I end up. Uh, I, I think keeping the pressure off of him will be huge. I don't know how they do it. Uh, you're burying the lead. Uh, Flavor Flavors is Godfather. <laughs> Flavor Flavors is Godfather. Flavors lived here in Vegas forever. So I know, but Flavis... how do you end up being? How does this happen? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't his Godfather until the kid was like 14. So it's not like he was a Godfather at birth. I'm just saying, who did you? How did these two get in a room? Right? Like, and they was like, oh, well, you'd be a good godfather. Listen, it's not hard to get in a room with Flavor Flav here in Vegas. Yeah, but did they, they wanted this? I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out the logistics of it. I'm just trying to figure out who was like, who met who, who was hanging out, and then who was just like, this is my son. And then they were just like, Flavor Flav was like, hey, you should be the godfather. And Flavor Flav was like, yeah, boy. And then, like, this, how does this happen? That's exactly this, how it happened, I'm guessing. This was like, when I saw Flav in the crowd, I was like, yo, nobody's, met, I didn't know this. And I was like, this is bearing the lead. Like, this is, I want to know this story now. Now I'm in pursuit. <laughs> I don't, I'm more the next time he cool. fights, that's going to be your whole story. Oh, it's funny, dude. It's just the flavor flame connection. You think, you think I'm playing? Like, yo, I'm absolutely trying to figure out how Flavor Flav became Nico Ali Walsh's godfather. I cares about nothing else. I need to know. <laughs> the Ali connection, no, that's too easy. <laughs> too simple. Flavor Flav? Like, did he go to the chicken shack when Flavor Flav had the chicken shack out here? Like, oh, he did have the chicken shack. Yes. How did this happen? I need, dude, I'm concerned. It, like, I just want to know. <laughs> might be the best story of the weekend. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. But Flavor's in full effect. I mean, there's pictures of them like 2015 together. So, yeah. I mean, Flav's been around. Flav told him to follow in his grandfather's footsteps instead of playing football at Gorman because uh, Biagio Ali Walsh was a star running back at Bishop Gorman High School out here um, when they won the national championship for a high school and then ended up going to Cal, and I think now he's transferred to UNLV. So 
I mean, his brother was all everything, you know, all American running back for Gorman. And Flay was like, nah, yo, you box. Hey, Kale, let me ask you. Flavor Flay walks in your house right now and was like, nah, Kale, don't do the radio shit. Follow your passion, dude. Like this. Are you going to listen to Flavor Flav? Yo, you know what? Flavor Flav has got himself like three different careers. He, you can listen to worse people. Okay. Honestly. I'm, the, kid, I'm not. the kids get top rank money. He was I'm on the saying. main card for a debut. Do you Flav, Flav might have been right. One, one kid flamed out at... Okay, there's two brothers. One kid was All-American everything. Amazing football player. Went to Cal. Didn't cut it. Transferred to UNLV. We all, we all know what UNLV is a program, right? Trash. Yeah, so... That's one path. It's not like the other child is in the NFL. He tells him, don't do that. Yeah, your brother's all American. The, the longevity is in boxing. Trust me, following your grandfather's footsteps. This guy is on ESPN on a major card, stealing the show on all our sports center accounts, all our ESPN accounts. You know how many times his brother's been on sports center ESPN? Zero. I think Flav was right. But no, I think and he's going to make a lot more money. I think you're missing my point in this question. Yes, believe Flav. Yes, I would believe Flav. No, yes. no, no, no. I think you missed the point in my question. He chose hoops from that no, day on. Wait, this motherfucker got great wait, judgment. Wait, wait. Do you think that it was Flav of Flav that put this decision over the top? From all, yeah, the story reports. sounds. The, the story sounds better than I think the reality is. I don't think Nico Ali Wash was like, man, I don't know if I should do boxing. And Flavor Flav busting like the Kool-Aid man with a clock and was like, you should box. And then he was like, you're right. That's I the think, story. I that's, you got to dive into ridiculous. this. That's the story. That's that so ridiculous. There, <laughs> it, I know everything with Flav sounds ridiculous. I just, I don't know, man. There's, if I'm going to box, I'm going to box. And it's not going to be Flavor Flav that tells me to get punched in the face for a living. Listen, man, Flavor, Flavor Flav created what we know now as reality television. Well, no, he did not. O.J. Simpson did, and Jersey Shore and the real world and all that shit. He created real world. Okay, but no, he, Flav created like the yo, uh, the what the love is blind, married at first sight, all that shit. The dating show reality television. The oh, we want to find love reality television. I also want to be clear. Flavor Flav didn't create Flav. shit. Somebody said we should. He's like, this would probably happen. Let's put this ugly motherfucker in a room with a bunch of women and see what happens. No, he was on the surreal life. I know. And Evan Bridget know. Nelson fell in love and then she broke his heart. And they're like, yo, let's get this ugly motherfucker in love. That's what I just said. Let's put this ugly motherfucker in a room with a bunch of women, thirsty ass women, and let's just see what happens. And that show blew up. Flav, Flav had like, delicious in hoops. His oh judgment. It's perfection. All I'm saying is, <laughs> this wasn't Flav's idea. Flav, they offered this to Flav. Flav was like, cool. Flav didn't go to anybody and was like, we should do a show where I'm dating. That did not happen. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> At all. How about this? This motherfucker just has great, great luck. So if he tells you something, you know what, man? That That's like Flav, like, yo, put 100, 100 on Black 13. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't fucking know. Like, you know what, Flav? Your track record speaks for itself. I'll put a hundred down on black. Like, I, what, what am I going to say? This motherfucker is good. So, yeah, it, it worked out. It hey, was you interesting. Know what, you know what wasn't on my bingo card? Talking about fa- flavor, flavor in the boxing segment. <laughs> Listen, 
It's a weird year, man. It's a weird year. It's not slowing down. Let's take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap the show up real quick just by giving our predictions of the UFC card. So don't go anywhere. Be right back. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everyone, we are back. Real quick, just to finish up the show, because we talked a lot about boxing. UFC is back. They took a week off. They're back at the Apex. They call it Performance Center all the time. UFC Apex here in Vegas. I mean, no one's going there. There's so much shit going on on Saturday. <laughs> they could draw a crowd, bless them. So we have, the card is actually on ESPN though, because there's nothing else going on. It's on main ESPN, headlined by Cannoneer and Kelvin Gaslam. But Dre, looking at the card as a whole, not much stands out to me. Brian Kelleher is on the prelims. So that's a name everyone else is kind of like, new faces which usually lends itself to good finishes but not much to sell there on the main card for us to make our predictions we have alex pantoja versus brandon roy val oh pantoja um yeesh Royval just got knocked out by moreno if i remember yeah that. you are correct and uh Pantoja won a decision against Manuel Capo, which was actually closer than it should have been. But I'm going to pick Pantoja here. I know Roy Val has been good, but he lost to the champion, which there should be no shame in that. But, uh, man, Roy Val is actually pretty good. Now I'm taking Pantoja here. Like, Pantoja mollywopped Wilson Reyes, which still sticks out in my mind. And him and Davidson Figueroa also had a pretty good fight. Yeah. No, Pantoja's been really good. So I'm picking Pantoja. I'm not, I'm not going to go against it. That's my instinct. I'm going to go with Pantoja. Um, we have Pichelle versus Hubbard. I don't know much about this fight except Pichelle is 38 years old. So, um, I mean, been around the block. Be Jim Miller. I do remember that fight. But that's probably his best win. Lost to Gregory Gillespie years ago. 38 years old, you're a gatekeeper, right? Like, so at this point... So I don't know. Give me, give me Austin Hubbard to win. This is a step up for Hubbard. I don't know. Hubbard seems to win one, win one, lose one. Give me Hubbard to win. Yo, okay. I'm picking Vince, Michelle, but Hubbard's nickname is Thug, and I think that is the reason he's going to lose. <laughs> Do you pick against Rose? No, 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 not Thud or Thug. It's look at his nickname. Thud. Thud. Oh, like, Austin like, Thud Hubbard? Yes. That's kind of whack. There you go. All right. Well, listen, I'm not mad at that. Parker Porter versus Chase Sherman. Give me Chase Sherman. It's actually a pretty good fight. Um, listen, man, heavyweights, big men bumping me. 
don't know, big meaty yeah. man puff meat. That's I'm, all I I'm picking I'm picking Parker Porter. Really? Yeah. I mean that Arlovsky fight was was pretty bad for Chase Sherman. He it was horrible. He's won one fight in the past Jesus, two years, three years? That's not great. No, I'll take it. I'm rolling with Parker here. Give me Parker Porter. Somebody get knocked out. He's only a t- yeah, Parker Porter doesn't go the distance. He did in his last fight, but this could be very sloppy and ugly. Or somebody's getting knocked out early. But that's heavyweight fights. Yeah, that's all heavyweight. Like, if it goes to the third round, then we're just bored to death. And then uh, Clay Guida versus Mark Madsen. Mark Madsen's winning, but it's fucking Clay Guida. Yo. Why is he still fighting? Like Clay, Mark Madsen beat Austin Hubbard in his last one. Yeah, the fact that Clay, the carpenter Guida, is still here. And if you look at Quay, Clay Guida's, re- first of all, I'm picking Madison. But if you look at Quay, Clay Guida and everybody that he has fought, it is pretty fucking ridiculous. You, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, let me go and read off the list. Michael Johnson, Bobby Green, Jim Miller, BJ Penn, Charles Oliveira, Joe Lozon, skip a few, uh, Brian Ortega, Dennis Bermudez, Chad Mendez, Ray Maynard, Benson Henderson, Anthony Pettis, Takanori Gomi, Rafael Dos Anjos, Kenny Florian, Diego Sanchez, Nate Diaz, Mac Danzig, Roger Huerta, Tyson Griffin, Dean Thomas. A lot of these motherfuckers are doing commentary now, and he's still here. Yo, Gilbert Melendez, Josh Thompson. everybody. Yo, this man, if this is why I hate the, the UFC. Well, I hate Dana White with his pay structure. Clay really should be rich somewhere because he's fought everybody. <laughs> like he's like, who hasn't he fought? This man has fought everybody. He beat Anthony Pettis. Anthony Pettis is washed up. Clay Guida is fighting in the main, co-main event. Granted, it's not the greatest card ever, but Clay Guida is still here. Clay Guida just beat Michael Johnson. Yo, that's so crazy. Michael Johnson has the weirdest career ever. He does, but Clay Guida is... So I'm picking Mark Madison because Madison's undefeated, and I, I figure that they're using this because is a great wrestler, uh, Olympic wrestler at that. They're using this to really put Madison over, but they're giving him a tough opponent in Clay Guida who has a motor that just doesn't stop. I'm picking Madison for that because he, if he wins, he can look good doing it, but he could very well lose to Clay Guida. Clay is... Still relatively good, but no, I'm going Madison. Yeah, no, he's a madman. He's he's definitely coming to fight. He's not like washed gatekeeper. Yeah, Madison's wrestling is going to be on full display here. That's what everybody's going to be looking at. His Greco-Roman background yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, the Olympian for a reason. This motherfucker is just yeah, he's going to wrestle that lot. But yeah. Clay might do some weird spinny shit. Now you know, know weird I'm always here for the weird spin on the ground. This motherfucker might try to throw a triangle out of nowhere. I mean, Clay just, it, it look, everything looks crazier with Clay because of his hair. <laughs> that might be true. <laughs> it just looks crazy. The perception is, is more than the actual uh, what's going on when he throws a move up. So, main event, Cannoneer versus Gastelum. <sighs> I think we see, I think it's time for PFL Gastelum. Damn, you just relegated to PFL already? I don't think it's time for PFL gas. It's outside. That's crazy how we transitioned. We've been doing a show so long. It's going from Bellator to PFL. We just, yeah. just throw people over. But I think, I think, I mean, both of them have lost to Whitaker, right? And but Kenny has just got dynamite in his hand. Gaslam has won one fight the past three years. Oh, he's years. he struggled. He struggled. And that's why I figure 
Gaslam's just going to try to have a good fight, and he's not going to have a good fight, and he's going to fuck around and get knocked out. He's 29 um, years old. He's still so young. And remember, this is the guy who beat Uriah Hall to win the Ultimate Fighter. Yep. And he's only 29. And it feels like Uriah's 40. Crazy. I'm picking Cannonier by knockout. Me too. <laughs> it's like, it, it's not easy to stop Kelvin. We saw that when, what, he fought Izzy. That motherfucker's tough. Tough. So I, I get it. But Cannonier still, like, even at an advanced age, I, he just goes for it more. Kelvin's lost what to see a decision. He got stopped by Hermanson, but that was a sub decision, decision, decision. He hasn't been knocked out yet. Kelvin Gaslam has never been stopped by knockout. Oh, it's coming. And the thing is that Cannonier was like clobbering, clobbering people at light heavyweight. And since he came back down to middleweight, it was just like he was blitzing everybody. Robert Whitaker has got an incredible chin. And you, that's, that was precision by Adesanya that put him away. Cannonier doesn't need to have precision to knock out Gaslam. I think he just he's going to oh, catch him. He's going to catch him with a bad one. Cannonier by decision then because Gaslam never being stopped is one hell of an achievement. It's time for everything. I can't see this fight going the distance. If it goes the distance, Gaslam's winning. Really? Mm-hmm. If it goes to distance, Gaslam's winning. Five-round fight, Gaslam's winning. That means that Gaslam has, has neutralized Cannonier with his wrestling. Mm. Gaslam wins if it goes to distance. No, nah, all right. I'll take that. I'll take the opposite. I mean, Cannonier stopping him is one hell of a thing. If we had a betting show, that'd be one hell of a play. It would. Because a man has never been stopped. So we'll see how that plays out. That is our show for this well, I guess for this weekend, we'll uh, bring you another wrestling show on Wednesday, which is going to be packed because SummerSlam is coming here to Vegas. So we'll talk indies. We'll talk us just doing the hood rat show with our friends. It's going to be a fun, fun weekend. That is the calm before the storm, before shit really gets crazy. So look for that show later in the week. As always, we appreciate you guys. Stay safe. Stay Rona free. Follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hill on all platforms. Shout out to Blue Eye of the Network. Big things coming. Just, just wait on it. Shout out to all of the sponsors. Again, 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 be safe. A lot of stuff happening this weekend. We appreciate you all. Till next time, we're out. Peace. Oh my-